When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whether you've overdone it at the gym, at the dinner table, or on the couch, AHM Health Insurance have a cover for you. Join direct at ahm.com.au. For SEN America, this is the SEN NBA Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the SCN NBA podcast. I'm your host, Luke Sakari. Joining me today, as he does every week, Chris De Silva. Chris, what's going on, my man? How are you, mate? Uh, it's good good to be here again. Yeah. Um, another you had week, it another a, week in hoops. Another yeah. week. You had an eventful time getting in here, Chris, I oh heard, with your um, adventures on the train. <laughs> you just had a bit of trouble remembering if you tapped on that important Mikey that you always want to make sure you've got. Ready in hand and topped up and yeah, so touched I, on. I um, so we get on at Coolaroo, right? Myself and you, right? And I get in to the parking. I park my car and literally, and the, tra- if, and the for, train rocks up. For those who don't know, that station it's a marathon to get from the car park yeah, to there, where the train into f- the city is. There's like a billion stairs. There's a flight. There's the probably, car park's massive. There's as probably well. two flights of about I would say. 20 or 30 stairs? Probably more. It's around yeah. there. It's a lot of stairs. I, Steep stairs too. Hurt your legs. I, I, I think I broke a record of, of how fast someone <laughs> went up those stairs without magically without breaking uh, my phone or falling or anything. I don't know how. It was by the divine grace of God that I got on the train. <laughs> it um, was calling you. Uh, but yeah, man, had to get here on time for you. Yeah, very committed to <laughs> how the about, How about yourself? Yeah, you know, it, it's been a good day. It's been a good day. No, yeah. Nothing that exciting, but, you know, it's exciting times now because we're in the podcast, we're in the studio recording Always the NBA podcast and it should be good. Let's get yeah, right into it. Sure. Let's get right into it. First things first. So we want to start here this week on the SCN NBA podcast talking about, which it's something which seems like it comes up annually. It's it's getting into January. So it's the annual Blake Griffin gets injured mm-hmm. time of the year. He's unfortunately hurt his right knee this time. Usually his left knee he gets injured. This is his right knee. Yep. He needs minor knee surgery. Now, I don't know if any surgery is minor. So, like, I'm not sure why they've put the minor knee surgery there. He's going to be out for three to six weeks. It's not, it's not that minor because he's missing a fair chunk of time. Yeah, It's going to be, like, I can't even remember the last time he played a full season. It seems like every year something just um, something comes up with this guy, you know, yep. and it's a shame because we all know how talented he is. But the Clippers have played well without him. Like, mm. I'm pretty sure... They're forty-one and twenty-three in their last like that amount of games they've played without him, so it, it's pretty good. But there's no doubt, and this is a massive loss for the Clippers, who have fallen off since their hot start. Ever since Thanksgiving weekend, they lost uh, the first two or three out of I Thanksgiving. Know, I don't know what they had in that dinner, Lou. I, I don't know what was in that turkey, but it, <laughs> it has. I think they're down to they're nearly out of the top ten in de- defense. I think you probably just and they started that. off. That was like their um, that was their calling that was their card. Staple, yeah, yeah, that was first. Um, so I think they've dropped out of the top 10. I'm not too sure. Yeah, I'll have to have a look at that. Yeah, but, um, but there's no doubt it's a massive loss, Blake Griffin. Yeah, it is. And you mentioned um, whether he's played full full seasons. He actually hasn't. 
the only time he played uh, a full 82-game season was his rookie season in 2010-11. Wow. wow. Um, obviously, his second year, they had the lockout short in 66. He played all 66. Okay. Um, and then he did, he to be honest, did play 80 games the following two years. It's in the last three years. Where the last three years, yeah. He's really missed time. 67 games in 14, 15, obviously 35 last year. Yeah, a lot, with, a lot with, happened with last the, year. <laughs> with the hand, uh, and hand and the rest of it. Was a staff infection last year? Yeah, I think on his right elbow. Yeah. He had a staff infection, um, yeah. And then now this and... Um, it it's hard with Blake Griffin because he's he's a guy that um relies so much on his athleticism and which is not a bad thing. I mean that that goes for so many players in the NBA and that's why they're they're the best of the best, um best athletes in the world, in my opinion. But for when you have a guy who now he's twenty seven, turning twenty eight, um, in March next year when you've got guys like that who are so reliant on athleticism, doesn't really shoot it too well still uh, from outside, it's it's a bit of a concern. Well, it's interesting you say that because, I mean, historically he's always been a great – he's still is a great athlete and he does rely on his athleticism a lot. Yeah. But what I've seen over the last few years, he has transformed his game a little bit into a type of guy that does rely a little bit more on a jump shot and his post-up game where – And opposed, his passing as And well. his passing. He's yeah. a very, very good passer for a big – so as opposed to him running down the floor trying for a jam, I think the Lob City days, are, for all intents and purposes, yeah. are over. Yep. He kind of, they'll dump the ball into him on the low post with the elbow. He'll face up. He can pull up for that jump shot, distribute. He can put the ball on the floor really well for a big man. Yeah, um, He's got range that kind of extends out to the three-point line. He can hit it if he's open. So he kind of already has transformed his game a little bit. But at the same time, like that athleticism with every injury it diminishes quicker, and that's what makes him so special, so so explosive. Um, we we saw when he came into the lead, he, league, he was dunking on everyone and everything, dunking over cars in the dunk contest. You know, yeah. But we um, knew that was gonna. I remember when watching Blake initially, yeah, and I loved watching him. One of my major concerns was this guy could burn out really quickly mm. if he continues at the rate. I think uh, Kevin O'Connor wrote a really good piece about it on the Ringer where he was breaking this down, I think it might have been in Blake's rookie season or his second season, about one-third of his of his points came from dunks. Mm. Now, this season, it's about one-eighth. Yeah. So it's been a massive, massive difference. So it's... And, and that number went down every year. So he's been transitioning it, and then I feel like these injuries have kind of amplified that process. They've made yeah. it quicker. I think it's for the better. Like, obviously, that athleticism helped him get on the national radar. Yep. But you can't... I think if we've seen anything across across the course of history, you can't rely on athleticism your entire no, career. absolutely not. Because eventually it does... It goes down. Yeah. And eventually injuries come, which makes it go down quicker. Like even a guy like LeBron, who's mm-hmm. amazing, he's not athletic as he was five years ago. Oh, no. So, no. and I think... It's tough for the Clippers, isn't it? Like it happens all the time. It's, they can't. They, they they can't catch a break. They never seem to get a fair run at it. Like, but even if you look at Blake, so I think Blake and the Clippers kind of their fortunes are very similar for me. Being that you got Blake in a player who's, I think, if you ask many people around the league who would consider it, they would consider him a top five, top ten talent. Absolutely, the especially the way he started the season. He was yeah. in the MVP conversation. Him yeah, and Chris yeah. Paul, the pick and roll game was even more devastating than usual. Blake was playing amazing defense. Yeah. 
And he's, I mean, like like the whole Clippers since Thanksgiving, they kind of fell off a little bit. And now, obviously, with this, it sucks. It was not the only injury that's happened to an important big for a West contender this past week. Clint Capella from the Houston Rockets, he's got a fractured left fibula. He's going to be out four to six weeks. Mm. And while not on the same level as Blake, means to the Clippers, it's a it's pretty important. Would you say it's a big loss? I'm not sure if you say it's a big, big loss for the Rockets, but it's an important loss. You're right, because he's James Harden's pick and roll partner. Yeah. And um, I think it is, I would say it is as important because if you look at the way the Rockets, um, how can I say that, the way they operate offensively and defensively as well, we we all know they're not a great defensive team, um, although they have improved. They're and, about league average and, now. And yeah, yeah. So they've been a lot better, and be- that has been because of Capella's play yeah. on the defensive end. And um, if you look at, Offensively, uh, Dan Tony's small, smallish lineup. It relies on, you know, Harden being the hub and then spreading the floor with shooters like Gordon Anderson and um, Trevor Ariza. Yeah, yeah. And then you have the one rim running big man in uh, Capella. Oh. You take him out, and suddenly, um, who who fills in that? Uh, Nene Montrez Harrell's Harrell. playing good basketball. Yeah, so. It's not quite the same. It's though. not the same. And you're right there after the offense because how many times have we seen Harden throw the ball up to Capella, who's yeah. finished a dunk this year? Yeah. It's become a staple of their offense. And again, it's this is an injury that's not, it's four to six weeks. It's a pretty big injury for a team that's gained so, so much momentum. I'm pretty sure as of this recording, they're still undefeated in the month of December, which is quite an inf- incredible feat. For a team that I know I had high hopes for. Not a lot of people did. I know Chris, I didn't. you no. weren't high on them. But... Yeah, I mean, it's a fair loss. And it got us thinking here, which players for your team, like, obviously you got your your obvious ones, your LeBrons, your Russell Westbrooks, your James Harden. Like, if you know, if those guys go down, their respective teams are going to crumble. But which players are kind of, which players can't get hurt? Like, got us thinking, what are the players out there? You know, you all, you all know about the All-Stars. Yep. But a guy like Capella, he's a role player, but he's such an important one. Which player can your team not lose? I've got a good one. Go for it. I'll let you um, go first. I've got a one as well. He's actually from the Cavs, so you, okay. you can probably guess who this is. But if we speak about Capella, and this guy does a pretty similar thing for the Cavs as Tristan Thompson. Yeah, Mr. right. Durable hasn't missed a game since like since his rookie year. Touch wood. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, touch wood, um, especially with the injuries they've got. But yeah, if if... With uh, obviously Birdman, they lost this week. Yeah, um, ACL. He's out for a year. Another uh, big man going down. Yeah, you know, J.R. Smith got an injury today. If Tristan Thompson was to go down, that's a massive loss for the Cavs. Yeah, because he, he he's almost that plug that fills all the holes. Yeah. People say they're not a great rebounding team because they don't play big ball. They don't well, have you rim got protection. Tristan out there. They don't have rim protection. Tristan. Put Tristan Thompson out Switching there. Switching out onto guards. Put Tristan out there. He yeah. fixes that hole. So he does so many little things where you, it's almost like. If you have got like a whole operating machine, mm. Tristan, it's he's not the big machine. He might be a little button on the machine, but it's but it, it has to work. be on. It doesn't work without him. Yeah, it's that little bit that if that's off, everything else blows up. So yeah, yeah. Tristan's a good one. I got a, a similar player for the Charlotte Hornets in Cody Zeller. Yeah, you know this is another guy that he's such a good floor uh, rim to rim runner. He's been setting some amazing screens. I'm pretty sure he's one of the league's best big men in terms of screen to scoring opportunities. Screen assists, yeah. Screen assists, yeah. You know, and look at his on off court numbers. Like sometimes it is simple. 
when he when Cody Zeller's on the court, the Hornets are outscoring teams by seven point six points per hundred possessions. Yeah. When he's off the court, they're actually getting outscored by three point five points per hundred possessions. Both those numbers are better than Kemba Walker's numbers. Yeah. In the same categories. So I look at Cody Zeller and I think if this guy goes out of the lineup for the Hornets, that's a big loss. Because then again, who comes in? You play Spencer Hawes or Roy Hibbert. Hibbert, yeah. They're not going to have the same impact as a Cody Zeller does. So for me, like someone like that's big. I mean, there's a lot of guys out I think, there. I think for every team, probably a popular pick would be that kind of athletic big man because you look at NBA defenses now, and so much of it is um, predicated on switchability and and big guys switching out onto guards on uh, pick and roll switches and. And guys who can defend multiple positions. So, and there's at least one of them on every single team, I think, in the league. So, those guys to me are the most indispensable players. Yeah, absolutely. Now, moving on to a guy that is, again, he kind of fills that role. He hasn't been in, or he has been injured. I, I apologize. I shouldn't say he hasn't been injured. He's been injured nearly his whole career. But we're not focusing on the injuries at the moment, we're focusing on his off court situation. And that's Nerlens Noel from the Philadelphia 76ers. So, He's been it started this saga, if you want to call it, started kind of in the off season when he publicly was upset and frustrated yep. and confused. I think he called it silly or something. I'm not I can't remember the exact wording yep. about the seventy sixers uh slew of centers with Embiid <laughs> and Okafor and the rest and of Holmes, it. Yeah. Yeah, Rashawn yeah. Holmes. So he's been really upset from the start. He obviously had an injury going into the season. He went and had surgery that he got. The club didn't recommend it. He went and got it himself, yeah. which is obviously players uh, are focusing on their individual health, which is fine. But you look at that and you say that's another, not a rift, but it's like, okay, he made a decision where the club said he didn't have to do it. Um, it's sort of like the Mo Williams yeah, thing, it's it? really bizarre. Yeah, and obviously now Noel's back, but he's pretty much out of the rotation. He's playing single-digit minutes. He's healthy. He yeah. wants to play, but the Sixers are pretty much saying, you know, we want to see how this Embiid Okafor pairing works, and they just they're not playing Noel, which obviously leads to the question: You think the Sixers are going to trade one of Okafor and Noel? It's looking like Noel. Who trades for him? How much do you give up? How much value has he got? Well, I. It's a tough one because I think me and you probably both agree that Noel has has um, he's a better fit as, alongside Joel Embiid. Not even Embiid. I think he's a better fit next to Ben Simmons. Be- better well, fit ben Simmons once as well. Ben Simmons returned, he's going to be pretty much playing as their point forward. Yep. He likes to push the ball up and down the court, which means you need fast players. M- uh, not Embiid, sorry. Noel's fast. Yep. He's a lot faster than Okafor, oh, if we're comparing yeah, to Okafor. Yeah, yeah. Okafor's slow... Give it to him in the post. He's going to go to work. He doesn't rebound, doesn't, doesn't defend. Doesn't set screens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you look at Noel, and he's that energetic big guy. He's but that versatile you, do big you think, guy. Do you think the reason for the Sixers maybe sh- shopping him, if that's the right word, is because he they know he has higher currency? Noel. Around the league, yeah? Yeah, maybe. Because they can... But, he but does he have higher currency heading into restricted free agency, where he's probably going to command something close to the max? Like, he's going to command it. Does he deserve it? Probably not. Mm, but he, he's going to command it. Um, you know, that question mark of, obviously, you if you get a guarantee from Noel as a receiving team, it's different, but players are never going to do that. Yep. Especially with the the new CBA and there's going to be money and, you know, all know about the rising salary cap year on year. 
So uh, players are never going to lock themselves into a team and deny going to free agency because you just never know what monster Joe Kim Noah you might you might get offered. <laughs> yeah. You never know. I just I I loved uh, today. Obviously, after the, all the drama that's happened this week, Noel checked into the game actually in the second half um, against the Pelicans. Yeah, and he received a rousing ovation. And after the game in Philly, in Philly, um, after the game. Joel Embiid was asked about it, and he had this to say. So he was like, I'll read it out what he said. Uh, quote, I loved it. He's my best friend on the team, and I was really happy for him. He's been working his ass off too. The other day, he was in the gym working with Rashawn, playing one-on-one, two-on-two. So I felt really happy for him and thought he should have played more. So Embiid said this. Embiid said yeah. this. Um, so I also want to get on the court and see what we can look like together because I like him, and I want to play with everybody um, I feel like if we're trying something, we should try the other thing too. Uh, so hopefully in the future, they do that. So hmm. um, that's that's coming from your franchise guy. Yeah. So I think that's pretty it's telling. It's a pretty and significant quote. I don't know. I mean, I, I'll i be honest with you guys. I, I haven't followed the Sixers as closely as a lot of people have. Um, but I don't. I can't recall whether he's come out and said something like this about Jalil Okafor. I can't um, recall, but... Yeah, so yeah, it's 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 a big quote. It, it it's big, and that's when like the, when that's coming from your franchise guy, and Embiid yeah. undoubtedly is this is this team's franchise yeah, guy. Yeah, and like you mentioned earlier, like Noel probably fits better next oh, to yeah. Embiid because if you have um, Okafor next to Embiid, they're nearly the same player in terms of on the offensive end. Yeah, whereas Noel at least he can provide some rebounding. And some and, energy. And some rim protection. Rim and, protection and, and quickness can, and, and screening, with, rim running. Exactly. And you look at... We we talk about Jalil Okafor's offense so much because that's what he's best at. But even that, he's... Aside from post play, he doesn't really have a reliable outside Okafor, game. Okafor, no, not yet. Not I feel like he can develop... Look, he I'm, can def- he I'm can probably develop a bit it. higher on Okafor yeah. than most people. You know, I love... He was a beast in college. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot, let's not forget like midway through last year, he was still a rookie of the year, mm. maybe not a favorite, but he was definitely second or third until he kind of fell off at the end of the year. I think he had some injury problems and towns I, blew I think, up. I think it's just that, that style of big man. It's, there's no place for it in the league yeah, anymore. But he's in his second year. Like he can still, de- how many, we've seen players develop. Yeah. Like but, he's in his second year. But, so maybe he just hasn't, again, he's in a bad situation mm. in Philly. So maybe if he goes into a new team, new scenery, it gets something better out of him. Also, and also his attitude hasn't been great. His attitude hasn't, hasn't been, been the best. And for for a young big man, when you're coming into the league and you can't until you make your make your way in the league and and you know earn your keep, you can't can't be entitled like he is a lot of the yeah. time. I think and that, that that makes I think, sense. And I think that attitude kind of rubs a lot of people the wrong way um, and masks what a what a good player he can be on the court. Yeah, I, I, I'm not giving up hope on him yet. Oh, no, I, I'm, I, not, I think, I'm not giving up on him as well, but I think if I'm if I'm half, having to choose between him and Noel, I'm taking Noel every single time. I, I'd probably say, I'd definitely say that Okafor is, in terms of pure basketball, Okafor is more talented. Yeah. Yep. Noel, again, like it's so... It's so boring to say, but it really does depend on your team. If you need a secondary scorer off the bench, you definitely go Okafor over Noel. Yeah. If you need, say, like a team like a a Boston, for example, you need some rim protection, and you need 
a big that can run around. You take a Noel. A team like Portland would love a Noel. A team like Indiana would love a Noel. Mm. So, like, it really just depends on your situation. I think, I think also you have to factor in, you mentioned Ben Simmons before, and we kind of haven't, we've kind of forgotten that this guy exists. When When Simmons comes back, He's going to need the ball as well, and I think the yeah. good thing about Noel is he, he doesn't, doesn't need the ball. he doesn't need the ball to succeed, especially on the offensive end as well. Um, we mentioned guys like Tristan Thompson, Capella. Noel's ex- exactly in that mold where, yeah. and you know, when you talk about guys like Tristan Thompson, um, immediately we you don't think about him being a great offensive player, but Tristan Thompson led the league in offensive uh, rating last year. Yeah. Um, so can you say he's not a good offensive player if he's leading? Probably the, not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he fits his role. Like, not yeah, every it, offensive player is going to go out like, there and score 25 a night. Yeah, like, you don't... Every big man doesn't need to... If you're a big man that can defend the rim, you know, run run from rim to rim, block shots, rebound, you don't you don't necessarily need to, you know, shoot threes. Yeah. Um, but I think with Okafor, just his one-dimensional nature stands out because of his... Uh, what? Can't say lack of ability, but you know he's he's not great on the defensive end. Yeah, it's really interesting as well. Like you, you look at Philly, and it, it's an interesting conundrum because you've got okay, so Simmons and Embiid are at the pillars. They're yep. the franchise yep. cornerstones, and then you have this third guy issue where the better guy suited to your team, Noel, has been publicly upset, and maybe again this could change. Maybe all Noel wants his playing time. Yeah, maybe once he gets his twenty five half an hour minutes a night. He'll be happy. Like, we don't know. Maybe he says he's frustrated with his with his um his playing time. Therefore, he's probably making it worse in the media. But you have him, the better fit, who's not happy. You have Okafor, who's probably the worst fit, not because he's bad, but just because of the way he plays. Probably doesn't fit into that team as well. Mm-hmm. He's the one getting the minutes. Yeah. But Noel probably's got more trade value. So like, it's this really interesting like. Sam Hinkie put together all these pieces yeah. with really no fit. And you have to look it's at- just all these pieces that now Brian Colangelo and the Sixers front office, they have to shuffle through them and try and figure out which piece is going to go where in the puzzle. It's pretty complicated at the moment. And that's the thing where if you yeah, you take back and look take a step back and look at their drafting process and who they drafted. So they drafted out of all these guys, I think was it Noel was first. Um Noel was taken first. He was actually taken by um, by the Pelicans. It was in the Drew Holiday trade. Drew Holiday it was a pick trade. six. Yeah, yeah. Noel was so, Noel dropped the pick six. So he Noel was, was yeah. there first. He missed his first year. Then they take Embiid the year after. He misses his first year. So each year they like they're taking the best player on the board at that position because because that they as a team were devoid of talent. Um, but at the same Which time... Which made sense at the time, but it, you look... It in does hi- make sense. In hindsight, it's always easy to say, but you think, geez, maybe a little more strategy yeah, you had to go into you those have draft to have a, picks. You have to plan of like, okay, after we draft him, like, what do we... You can't yeah. play three sets. You have to have a strategic plan. I had a, a chat with, a few months ago, with Chris Palkin, the the man who put together the Hawthorne Premiership squads. It's in the AFL, but it's kind of the same comparison. He Absolutely. said, the number one thing, if you're rebuilding a team, you have to have a strategic thinking mindset yeah. and a plan of in five years, how is this piece going to fit? And of course, it's always hard to predict how players are going to pan out. It's practically impossible. Yeah. But you've just got to have a slight idea and knowledge of say, okay, we're drafting this guy. How's it going to fit into our future plan? You've got to have a plan. Mm. Sixes, it looked like, again, easy to say in hindsight, it did look like they were just drafting players for the heck of it. And that's why, like, 
drafting it is such a they call it the lottery and it really is a lottery. It is. Like it, even, even when you life. know what pick you're getting, it's still a lottery. You can do all the scouting. I say it all the time. You can do the sc- yeah. all the scouting, all your your reference checking on players. You can interview them. At the end of the day, no one can predict how a player is going to translate to the professional sporting world. And that's why I think like everyone talks about you know the Boston and and the Brooklyn picks and and whatnot. That's not always going to guarantee you a good player. Like, yeah, no, it's not. I mean, we've seen heaps of teams whiffed on draft picks. You Happens all the time. Look at who Boston's drafted. Like they, they haven't still got a star in the draft and they've had all the yeah. all these draft picks in so many last three, four, five years and I don't think they've drafted one franchise you know, franchise level talent. They drafted Isaiah Thomas, he's an all star. He didn't they didn't draft him. No, the Kings draft excuse me, he was a big yeah. sixty to the Kings. Yeah, they, 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 they didn't him. draft him. Jalen Brown looks good, but he, Jalen it's Brown, hard to he, say he's not well, a, it, you again, know what I mean? Do you no, know, I know what you're saying, saying but then again could you I mean, the James Young pick was probably a bust. Did they draft Fab Mello? I think Fab Mello was yes. a draft pick of theirs. That yep. was a bad pick. Yabusele I think, this year. I think Fab Mello got a concussion by falling over. Like, he walked <laughs> into a door. So, I think he walked into a bathroom door. He fell over in a bathroom got a concussion. I did something like that. Uh, Fab Mello was a disaster. But, um, yeah, it's um, interesting. Mark is smart. Like, you know, but, again, you can say how... I always... I'm thinking of draft picks. I always like to give a five-year window. Yeah. Some people might say that's a bit too long. But I think... Especially for a lot big of these, men, I think five years is good. A lot of these guys are getting drafted when they're 18, 19. Mm. So in five years' time, what are they? They're 23, 24. You get a 23, 24-year-old, what do you say? It was young. So like, what's the difference between... I think that five there's to six-year window... There's a lot of development that happens in a player from the time... Me and you have both watched Kyrie Irving, right? Mm-hmm. Since he came into the league as a 19-year-old. Yeah. How much has his game grown from yeah. from those years in 2011-12 under Byron Scott to to hitting a shot, a game-winning shot in Game yeah. 7 to what we're seeing this season? And again, I think a lot... Kyrie's situation is a bit different because obviously not everyone has the luxury to play with LeBron James. Yeah, I think that's definitely amplified. But I know what you're saying. I, I get the point. The, the point the, you make... The, you, that development is Yeah, is it makes so sense. Much. Like, we see it all the time. Like, sometimes players... Some players take longer than others. You know, everyone wants... LeBron says it all the time. Everyone wants instant oatmeal. Everyone <laughs> wants their instant oatmeal. You've got to give these players time. Moving on, I mean, when when you do give players time, sometimes you get a Tim Duncan. Sometimes you yes, get a you guy do. whose jersey goes in up in the rafters. Or a LeBron James. Yeah, jersey. We saw Tim Duncan at his jersey retirement this week. Although I don't think neither of those guys needed any time. <laughs> <laughs> maybe oh yeah, maybe you get a transcendent talent. Like yeah. Joel Embiid maybe he looks like one. Who knows? So... Tim Duncan jersey got retired. Got us thinking just quickly, which past players, or even maybe a current player out of the box, who's next? Who or Who's next in line to get their um, jersey retired? You got some names? I've got, I've got some names. Mm-hmm. If you're a New York Knicks, you look at John Starks and Charles Oakley. Two cult heroes of New York. A lot of it depends as well. Like, But jer- if they've... they've- do you think their their jerseys would have already been retired though? They've been retired for a while, haven't they? Yeah, so that's Both another one. Guys, yeah. Well, it depends. Maybe they haven't just got around to it. The Knicks. Who knows what Phil Jackson's have, doing? Has um has Orlando retired Shaquille O'Neal's? Jersey? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I need to double check. I know Miami has. Miami yeah. did it this think, season or last year. Yeah, Miami's done it. I think LA's done it. Has LA? I think the next one for me has to be Kobe in LA. Yeah. Do you, do you retire twenty four eight or both of them? I think you just retire both. You have to. Can you? You have to. You can't. Has that ever happened before? Has I'm not sure. That's a good question. Because it was a. But yeah, you can't keep one for it. Like you have to. He did great things in both of them. 
He won championships in both numbers. Has but the thing is, um, you have to think about. I think they, they I think they retired twenty four. Man, do you know why? Because since he hasn't worn eight, other people, Christian Ayenga wore eight. Yeah, I, I but you're retiring it in his name, not yeah, Christian Ayenga's but, name. I, I know, I know what you're saying, but um, no one else has worn twenty four. You know, after Kobe. Yeah, because he just retired this year. Like, yeah. So I think. Uh, I think you retire both. Yeah. In his name. I mean, I, another one that I, a bit of an out of box one, but again, this is another one of like it's been so long. Does it happen? Who know? But Bob Dandridge, number ten for the Washington Wizards, he was the Baltimore Bullets back then. Mm-hmm. Now Dandridge has his number ten retired by a Bucks, so he's always got one number up there. Yeah. But he played four seasons with the Bullets, which isn't a lot of time, but he averaged twenty twenty and a half points in their only championship year. He was a big reason why they won a title. So I think you look at someone like that who was a big piece of why your team won a championship, especially a team, a franchise like, we'll call them the Wizards now, that's what they are, a franchise like the Wizards, who have only got that one in 78, you've got to look at someone like Bob Dandridge and say maybe his number goes in the rafters, you know. You look at, like, each club, I feel, each team, I feel like, each organization, they have different guidelines to what in titles. Yeah. I oh, think the Cavs sure. have Nate Furman's number retired. He played there for like one or two seasons. <laughs> yeah. They retired his number anyway. We've seen so many organizations have um I have retired I have... broadcasters. Yeah. The Celtics I think I've got two. The Cavs have got Joe Tate. Joe Tate. Yep. So it really depends. Miami know? has retired Jordans even though they never he never played there. Yeah. So <laughs> um I have an interesting one. Okay. Do do you think Oklahoma City's gonna retire thirty five? Oh, I think you do. I think that... It needs some time, doesn't it? It definitely needs some time. Well, you can't retire a player's number if he's still playing, yeah. of course. It's, that would be the equivalent of saying it's if like, LeBron it's, it's never like, returned to Cleveland. Well, it's like Shaquille O'Neal and Orlando. Yeah. It'd also be the equivalent of have if LeBron never returned to Cleveland, would you still retire at 23? You'd have to. Well, I... They'd, You'd have to. They, they'd, I think they purposely didn't fill the number 23 for those four years for a reason. Possibly. Because there, there were opportunities to give that 23 away. Yeah. And they never did. Yeah. Um, but I think they'll probably retire Westbrook first. I think it really... Or what if Westbrook leaves? <laughs> what happens? Nah, but I think just <laughs> after this whole situation, I think even if Westbrook does leave, the fact that he extended this summer, yeah, it, it means like, so much to them. What would you... You're not retiring a player's number because he left in free agency. Like yeah. obviously circumstances, I, I know. but at the end of like, the I'm day, I'm not saying I'm not saying I agree with this. I, I just think that's what the no. I, I don't feel like I I don't feel like there's as much bad blood in the Durant OKC breakup as there was in the LeBron Cleveland breakup. Yeah, I don't feel like the bad. That was a lot of bad blood. That was a lot of bad, <laughs> a lot blood. of bad blood. I feel like the Durant one's a bit more kind. And and if I don't know if um I mean we still don't know to this day like how well repaired the LeBron one is, but. I mean, he's there playing, and they won a title. So, if if they can go from you know the letter to this, I think anything's repairable. Anything right? is. Anything is. But I think um, if I was to pick who would be next to retire, I would definitely say Kobe. Or if you just look at the guys that retired last year, Tim Duncan's. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Tim Duncan's gone up. Um, Kevin Garnett, Garnett da- uh, in Dirk, Minnesota. Maybe at the end of this year. Will, will they retire Garnett's Boston, number oh, five? Oh, yeah? so. Yeah, he was a will, massive Will they retire Ray Allen's Boston? Mm. <laughs> I could see them not retiring that, but retiring no, the I, Pierce no, and I think, Garnett. I think they Pierce, Pierce definitely. has to because he's the franchise leader yep. in so many things. I think yep. he's a franchise leader. I'm not too sure. Definitely up there. 
Um, Garnet, I think you do. Yeah. I would retire him just on his post-championship interview. Like, just <laughs> yeah. based on that. Like, anything is possible. Like, that's enough for me. Just get a photograph of that in the rafters. I'll be happy. <laughs> Boston retire over on everyone's number. They're going to have no numbers. They're going to have no more numbers what, what, are, what do you do, like, when when they're all people getting... They're when you don't out, have you don't have fifteen numbers, they're, they're going to roll out a starting starting five <laughs> in like two thousand and fifty, like from ninety five to ninety nine. That's a good question. What happens? <laughs> did they just unretire the numbers or just put like eight A? Like did I put like an A next to the number well, if it's already retired? I think some some of the players can. Um, oh, I mean, on a player's request, they can give the number back. They can give it back because I think. Yeah. Um, Magic Johnson wanted to do it for you when Carl Malone joined the Lakers to unretire mm-hmm. 32. So Malone could wear it. Yeah. Yeah. Nate Thurman wanted to unretire 42 for Kevin Love, but he picked zero. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, probably see, I could see that happening I think, down the track. Um, there was another one in Detroit. I think it was um, Rodman's number 10, maybe. Okay, maybe, yeah. Yeah, something like that. I could but, see it happening. Yeah. You know, if you run out of numbers, it's a problem. <laughs> you need numbers out there. It's a good problem to have. <laughs> it's a good problem to have. Let's have a look at who has been the best performing players over the last week. On the SEN NBA podcast, The Starting Five. So if you're new to the show, The Starting Five, each week, myself and Chris will have a look at the um, the five best players of the past week, and we compile them into our starting five and at the end of the year, the player in the most appearances in the starting five will win the SEN NBA Podcast Player of the Year. Just an update on that leaderboard for the Player of the Year. Kevin Durant still tops the leaderboard with five appearances. Russell, excuse me, Westbrook is in third with three votes, as is Anthony Davis and LeBron James. On two votes, DeMar DeRozan, Jimmy Butler, James Harden. And all on one vote apiece, Dwight Howard, Andrew Wiggins, Clay Thompson, Chris Stapps, Paul Zingas, Kevin Love, Troy Daniels, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kyle Lowry, Paul Millsap, and Marc Gasol. So last week's team, we go by the format of two guards and three forwards. Last week, we had Kyle Lowry, Russell Westbrook, Paul Millsap, LeBron James, and Marc Gasol. Minimum of one change per week, maximum of four. I'll kick us off this week. Yep. I've made a trail of changes. I've made three changes this week. Okay. So out is Kyle Lowry... LeBron James and Marc Gasol. I'm putting James and Gasol out because if you rest, if you DNP rest, you're out of the team. Okay. Both those players DNP'd rest this week. I'm sorry. I don't want resters in my starting five. You need to be on the court. I've brought in DeMar DeRozan, Carl Anthony Towns, and Rudy Gobert. So, Chris, who have you put in? I've got three of them. Okay. I've got three of them. I brought in uh, DeRozan, Gobert, and Towns. Oh, you've brought in the same people that I did. Yeah, I've also brought in uh, Kev- oh, Kevin Love. You made four changes. Yes, I made four changes. So I've taken out Paul Millsap, uh, Westbrook, LeBron James, and Marc Gasol. You took out Westbrook? Yes, I took out Westbrook, yeah. Okay. And Instead I've, of Lowry. Yeah. So you've got the Raptors kept, in the backcourt. Yeah, okay. Which is, you know you know how rare that is for me. Yeah, you're not I, a big I'm Raptors It's very hard on the Raptors, but... I've wrote about him this week. I'm um, in a piece that's coming out, and I'm I'm changing look. You know, I'm I'm, hey, appre- I'm appreciating. They deserve recognition. And they look, deserve recognition. Man, like I'm telling you, Kyle Lowry's the truth, man. He he's playing he's so having, well. If November was the Rosen month, then the December yeah, is Lowry's. I think he's, he's shooting like fifty five percent from downtown or something. This from month. three, yeah, it's ridiculous. These last five games, I read it out to you. 50, he's shooting better from three than he is from the field. Um, when, which when you're shooting 54% from three is not a bad thing. 
Um, 53% from the field, 85 from the line, 20, 21-3-8. Yeah, you, you can't, it's good. So I, the only disagreement we had on the guard spots, we both had DeRozan coming in. Yeah. He stays. You had Lowry in for Westbrook. Yes. I kept Westbrook in, so therefore you are keeping in Lowry, uh, Lowry of course. Yeah, I'm keeping in Lowry. Just if you look at the last... And the Raptors have been winning, and... You know, even today he had what twenty three, four and eight. Uh, he had sixteen, three and ten. That was probably his first cold game for the whole month. Um, twenty seven against Atlanta, six of eight from three. Uh, yeah, he he's been stroking it, man. Okay, I think I think you could probably convince me on keeping Lowry in. Yep, over uh, over Westbrook. I think I I can definitely see that. I mean, Westbrook's Westbrook's obviously mass production has been better. He's had bigger numbers, but does there come to a point where, we, like, Westbrook's doing it every week? Does it come to the point where we just take him out for the sake of it? Like, not for the does, sake of it. Not I for think. the sake of it, but just like, it's tough because is what, it? To, uh, you almost have to figure out how do you judge him. On what pedestal do you judge him on? Well, you got to judge him on on the win loss record as well, and I think. The Raptors are eight and two in the last ten, and yeah. and the Thunder are six and four. So, I mean, when it comes to that that kind of level, you probably have to judge by that. The, okay. the win loss record that makes sense. So um, we're gonna. We'll, we'll, I'm I'm happy with that. I'm happy with those changes to put the Raptors so, backcourt in. So we keep the Raptors backcourt in. De, so Demar Derozan been fantastic. I mean, he I'll, he won the Player of the Week. Yeah, his numbers here average a league. He, he led the Raptors to a three in one week. League high thirty one and a half points, sixty percent shooting, along with four and a half rebounds and three and a half assists. Very impressive week from Demar Derozan. Yeah, you look look at these numbers: thirty one points on eleven of eighteen, thirty four on fifteen for twenty six. 31 on 13 or 21. It's outstanding. Yeah, and we um, both brought in Towns and Gobert. Yep. And you brought in Love. Yes, I did. Now He's not coming in because he rested. He was out. He rested that game in Memphis. And my rule is if, if you DMP rest, you don't make the team. Oh, but... I don't know. Look at the two games he played, Luke. 29, 13, and 3. 27, 17, and 4. Shooting 50% from the field in both games. Forty-five percent from three. I don't. I, I don't know if you DMP rest. I mean, I understand the the reasoning behind it. Didn't but you put in Millsap last week after he rested a game? No, he was hurt. Millsap was hurt. Kevin loves hurt. Yeah, but he saw the missing definition game was DMP rest. But he missed a game today because of the same. So same he missed another injury. game. Mate, you got you to be on the court if you want to play. <laughs> you can't. You can't win the team of the week if you're not playing. When he's on the court, he's been in the MVP conversation. Mm, I don't know. Twenty-seven. Uh, Paul Millsap has just still been stuffing the stat sheet. He's Twenty-seven, seventeen, and four is not stuffing the stat sheet. It is, but <laughs> again, I, I, I've got a policy. Eleven of twenty. DMP rest. I mean, we could talk about. Look at this. We could talk about DMP rest. Twenty-nine, thirteen, three, two steals. I don't know, man. It's impressive, but <laughs> I mean, we can talk I know, about. I know you love yourself some Kevin as well. Oh yeah, I mean. It's a tough one. You know, uh, I've got, I got me ruled. I mean, we can talk about the DMP rest situation forever, if it's good for the league or not. Like, if yeah. if there needs to be... What do you ruled. think? What do you think about that? 
Give me Look, a th- I understand. I, if, you you're, if you're a coach, yep. like, you have to understand it. You definitely, I definitely understand from a coach's and player's perspective. But do you know, are you, sorry, keep going. It's, these players, aren't they built to play 82 games? You yeah, know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, it's really interesting. Like, when Pop was doing it, he was really the first guy to really do it intensely. Mm. Everyone was calling him a genius. Yeah. Now, when other teams would do it, people are When LeBron James does it, it's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or even anyone else for that matter. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I can understand the reasoning of fans getting upset if players are resting on the road. Using the Cleveland example, they rested when they were in Memphis. Yeah. Uh, these Those Memphis fans get to see those guys once a year. The I, Grizzlies I, would be promoting, come see LeBron James and the Cavs. None of them play. I have a theory. I have a theory to fix this. Do, do you Go want to hear this theory? Hear so, Go for your life. The schedule comes out when? When does the schedule come out? Every Usually year? in August. In August, yeah. okay. So when the schedule comes out, and I know these coaches, they look at these back-to-backs where you know where your back-to-backs are. You know where your four and five nights Absolutely. are. So Absolutely. So say the league has to make a rule that, okay, you, if you're choosing to maybe rest players, you have to have, you have allocated maybe 10 opportunities to do it throughout the season, all right? So you get 10 opportunities per, to... te- per team. You have 10, 10 rest games where you can rest players, okay? Okay. Which is basically like what, what the Cavs did last week in Memphis, not take this uh, three All-Stars. Yeah. Yep. That way, if they... And you have to allocate these games prior to the season starting. So then... Mm. So then, if you've done that, the, your fans know. No, I, I don't fans like are, that. There's too many variables. You can't allocate the games and they're going to rest. What if a player gets injured or what if this happens? You can't just say, That's like, true. if you're sitting there in October, you're saying, hmm, on the, uh, on the I don't know, on the 5th of April, we're resting LeBron James against uh, against the Atlanta Hawks. Nah, it's too but, far out. But, you, but that's what teams are doing, Luke. They're, yeah. they're going through the schedule and saying, and saying like the Cavs did it last like they year. They can do it, but I think if you're doing that and saying it in public... I don't know. I think that opens up a whole lot of can of worms. To me, you're right. You're right. To me, obviously, and the NBA is doing a good job at this. Because I just, think, because I think the people that we, because when when players play hurt, it hurts the product, right? Of, and, of course, and if you a player's want, hurt, and you want and, and you want your best best players fit for money time. No, absolutely. In, 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 in May and June, yeah. And but at the same time, you don't want to hurt um, the consumers by you know them paying good money to go watch these guys play and then having to watch DeAndre Liggins. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, but then, okay, so you can maybe say a solution is, well, you can't, you simply can't do it anymore. But then there's no stopping clubs from saying, oh, he's got a sore back, he can't play. Yeah. So it could be that. To me, honestly, and we're going to see it with the new CBA with a limited preseason, the season starting a week earlier. That's less the way back to fix to it. Backs. That's the way it's to fix it. It's fixed on the schedule. And the NBA is doing a lot better job of that because... There's less back-to-backs this do you think year. Do you think they're ever going to get rid of 82 and make it maybe... I, 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 I would, I've always been lobbying for 70. I don't think we need 82 games. But with the new with the TV deal, we say new, I think it was last year. Owners aren't going to give up the money. Owners like, these NBA, these networks signed for 82 games a season. So it's going to be a long time until we see 82 gone because that means that a whole lot of money will be lost. Yep. But it definitely... It definitely um, benefit the players. Back back to the starting five. Yes. Paul Millsap staying in. Kevin Love's not coming in because because he. Wait, DMP. you're keeping Millsap in? Keeping Millsap in instead of Love. 
Wait, let me let me see what Mills. So the team this wait, week. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold Mills on. Mills this on. week: thirty points, eleven rebounds, one assist, one block, one steal. Twenty points, five rebounds, five assists, one steal. Fourteen points, five rebounds, four assists, one block, one steal. It's good enough for me. Fourteen it, points, fourteen points, Luke. Hey, it's it's good enough in a win in Toronto. A big win, big win. Cap- at, le- at least you didn't DMP. Twenty-seven, rest. seventeen, and four. At least he didn't... Hey, 17's only three more points than 14. There's not a big of a difference there. <laughs> he, the 17 rebounds, Luke. <laughs> it was that 17 rebounds. 17 oh, rebounds. my apologies. I thought that was around many points. <laughs> you better put him in the team. He's not in the team because he's DMP. He got a rule. Got a rule. Moving oh, on. my goodness. That, that is a team. Team this week is the two Raptors and then Townsend Gobert and Milsa. Kev- we didn't even Kev- talk about Townsend Gobert, who have been sensational. Kevin Love, if you're listening, you should be very angry at, at Luke Sakari. Haven't, haven't even talked about... All the Kevin Love stands, get 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 on him. Haven't even talked about Townsend Gobert, who have been absolutely terrific yeah. this week. But we're running out of time here, so we've got to get a move on. We've got a couple of your wrongs this week. Yes. So we've got a, we've found a couple of things where in the NBA where we've thought, this isn't right. I'll start off quickly first. Yep. Just a quick one on DeMarcus Cousins. I'm sure most of you are around this already. If you're not, DeMarcus Cousins abused the Sacramento Bee columnist after the columnist mentioned his brother in an article he wrote about DeMarcus Cousins' off-court behavior. It's not the first time DeMarcus has made the, uh, comments like this to the media, you know. He, he verbally abused this, this reporter. And particularly now, this one reporter. Yeah, now, and it's not the first time. Yeah. Now, I understand you can't be mentioning players' brothers or families. I don't, I don't know the full backstory, so I'm not going to comment on that. All I'm going to... I don't know who's in the right, who's in the wrong. I don't know. I'm just going to comment on Cousins. You can't be doing that. There's a way to deal with this. That's to pull the reporter aside in private and say, look, don't talk about my family, don't talk about my brother, blah, yeah. blah, 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 which is fine. He's got all the right in the world to do that. You can't, in the locker room when cameras are on, scream and swear and, and poor bully. people care. It, it was. It was workplace bullying. Bu- yeah. You, I think people, we forget so often that um, NBA locker rooms, it's, it's a workplace of, of it reporters. It is. So you can't be having you know, that behavior. Because if you say, say you had in a corporate setting, right, two, two people having this sort of confrontation and one person yelling like that to this you couldn't do that. So yeah. why is it permitted in, in an NBA locker room? Exactly. You can't, you can't do that. Of course, it opens up a whole new can of worms for DeMarcus's. Does this hurt his trade value? He's still got his off-court immaturity issues, blah, blah, blah. We could spend 20 minutes on that. Don't have enough time for that today. So I'm going to say is DeMarcus Cousins. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Now, Chris, you have one, but yes. we've got to play some audio before it. Yes, so this was please. Skip Bayless on his show Undisputed oh on Fox. So this is about a minute or so of Skip Bayless. I'm looking at the top five, and I say there's no way that LeBron James belongs above. I'll just throw out five players to you. Michael Jordan, enough said. Magic Johnson, enough said. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, six rings and six MVPs. Eh, I think we'll let that rest. Bill Russell, 11 rings in 12 tries. Eh, that's pretty great. And then my man Tim Duncan, five rings with only one finals loss to a man who just announced his official retirement, Ray hey, Allen, who saved LeBron's legacy by hitting the greatest clutch shot I've ever seen. Stop it, Skip. Get to the topic. LeBron, okay, but, top but, five. Don't mention okay. Ray Allen. All right, but but I'm just saying it took that shot to cost Tim Duncan. They had won the game. It was over. Tim Duncan was going to go six for six in the finals without that one shot from Ray Allen. What about the two shots that Curry and Paxson hit for Jordan? Okay, but but, but, but no, no, again, no. six rings. You see what you know. he did, Joe? You see what he did? Go ahead. Okay, I'm, you know I'm what? Not interrupt you. Anymore. You know Go what? Ahead. 
Michael Jordan pulled him aside in the huddle and said, you're going to hit this shot. I'm going to give you the ball because they're going to double me on the last possession. So, again, that's all from Michael Jordan. And, by the way, I think Shaquille O'Neal, at his most dominating, he's real close to my top five, and I think he's a more dominating player or was a more dominating player than LeBron James is. And I'm going to throw this out. If we're just talking about in a vacuum, if I could start a team with either a 22-year-old LeBron James or a 22-year-old Larry Bird, I'm taking Larry Bird. Chris, the floor is yours. Skip, man. You, Skip's taking this hate to a new station. He just won't let it go, Luke. I mean, the... You've got a minute. You've got okay, a minute to talk. So go. S- Your minute's starting now. <laughs> the thing I hate about that the most is uh, this notion that Ray Allen delivered this title and beat the Spurs by himself. I mean... If you look at, I'm just looking at that that uh, box score from that game six. They scored 30 points in 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 that quarter, and I think LeBron scored double digits, if I'm not mistaken. He had 32, 10, 11 in that game. Without LeBron James, they're not in a position to even make that shot. Like Skip Bayless is acting like Ray Allen's three points outscored the Spurs in the fourth quarter. <laughs> that that's not the case. Ray Allen made a great shot. Other players have made great shots. You know, a game of basketball isn't won on one play, won or lost on one play. It's it's just not. And f- for me, we without James doing what he does, they're not even in the position. He played 50 goddamn minutes. 50. 50 minutes, Luke. That's that, all, he almost I, played an hour that, of basketball. That, that is your minute. That is your minute done. There we, we go. We get to the point. What, what do you have to say to Skip Ellis? You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're on. And on that note, Chris, that comes to the end of the show today. We've actually gone over time, which yeah. is not unusual. But um, <laughs> we had so many more topics we didn't even get to touch on. Chris, where you can where can we find all your stuff? Uh, my Twitter Twitter handle is at cdesilver twenty three. Um, got a piece. I te- if I can if I can tease a piece. Oh, uh, go for it. Got a piece coming on uh, Jimmy Butler this week on. Unbelieve the hype and a new website that I'm actually write, writing for. Which yeah, launches. I've seen a lot of promo on this. Yeah, on which launches? Very and, excited. Launches uh, tomorrow. Launches tomorrow or Friday. I'm not a hundred percent sure with the timings, but it's okay. called uh, Sixteen Wins a Ring. Um, so nice at, play at, on words at sixteen like wins a ring. So one six and then the words wins a ring. Um, full of the Ross. You think the Warriors are stacked? This, this <laughs> roster, I mean. <laughs> I'm I'm honored to be on this roster, Luke. Like, I don't even consider myself to be on the level of some of the guys that's on this roster. So, yeah, um, so I've heard a lot of news and hype. Yeah, on Twitter. so you guys, well, once it comes out, definitely go check it. Um, you know, a lot of names that you'll be familiar with um, are writing there. So a lot of good stuff coming. How about yours? Your stuff, mate. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Sakari. My um, NBA coverage at SCN America, SCN.com.au. You can find it all there. Got some NBL stuff for the uh, Pick and Roll website. Got some WNBL stuff for the WNBL. Hit me up on Twitter at Luke Zakari. It's all there. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next week. To keep up to date with the latest American sports news and interviews from around SEN, follow SEN America on Twitter at SEN America and on Facebook at facebook.com slash SEN America.